Welcome to Free Christian Church of God's Audio Outreach Ministry. For more information regarding the Audio Outreach Ministries, or to order past messages, please contact the church office at area code 419-596-3103 or visit our website at www.freecog.org. And now here's Pastor Jimmy Fry with today's message. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Does that sound like your Christianity? Does that sound like your life? Let's pray. God, I'm thankful for your word today. God, I'm thankful for this new year that you've given us this opportunity to start fresh. Uh, Lord, I pray that today... uh, God, I know there's something in this message for each and every one of us. God, might it cause us to grow, uh, to to see this world maybe through a different lens, and God, to invest in people and to allow ourselves to be invested in a little bit more than we have in the past. Uh, God, just do your thing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. So I'm... 39 years old, and, and I have gone to church 39 years of my life. I've been the preacher's kid. I've been here all of the time. Uh, never really had like this, this period in my life where I had a testimony, you know what I'm saying? Uh, where I kind of ran off the rails and did all of those things. I've just kind of always been the church kid. Uh, so so I, I can speak, I, I think, from experience when I say that I am convinced that there is no greater life to be lived on this earth than that of a Christian. Amen. Two or three are with me. I appreciate that. You see, the fact that I've been reconciled to God through the blood of Jesus, the fact that I've then been filled with the Holy Spirit, then commissioned by the creator of the universe, who supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory, the fact that I am able to speak to him who has divine authority, this direct line of communication with God himself through the scriptures, all my steps numbered by him who spoke time into existence, who holds the universe in his hands, is incomparable to any treasure or lifestyle this world could offer me. In this life as a disciple of Christ, every day I find almost a greater depth of his goodness. I can find a fuller joy, a more perfect peace, a more glorious hope. And we hear all of history in creation in their separate pieces conducted by God, working towards his perfect plan like a symphony, blending centuries and generation, tribes and tongues into a song for our good and for his glory. How great it is to be a disciple of Christ. We have a mission statement here at Free Christian, and maybe you recognize it. It's this, build the body, 
reach the lost. I want to spend the next couple of weeks uh, going through this, kind of diving into it a little bit. You see, we believe that that statement um, kind of gathers together all of these responsibilities and passions and commissions of Christ's church. Discipleship, building the body, and evangelism, reaching the lost. So today, spending a little time on discipleship and, and really kind of to test and see if maybe we have fallen into some of the traps set for us that makes discipleship ineffective or even possibly something that it's not. So in this world we live in today, we would all agree that sin and rejection of the gospel seems to be at an all-time high, right? Seeing converts or bringing in disciples seems to be harder than ever, does it not? Yet we're flooded with more churches in this nation than any other time. Right, the old reliable church of the town still stands tall. Its steeple can still be seen for miles. And just down the road is another denomination that gathers. And uptown there's a church that now gathers in the storefront. And it seems that every single person is within a stone's throw of a church. And with this plethora of churches, no one can deny the growth of the evangelical church. It is most certainly growing. But even with that growth, something's just not right. Something's just not right, though evangelicalism seems to be a mile wide, much of it is only an inch deep. John Stott was asked to assess the growth of the evangelical church, and he states, the answer is growth without depth. None of us wants to dispute the extraordinary growth of the church, but it has been largely numerical and statistical growth. And there has not been sufficient growth in discipleship that is comparable to the growth of the numbers. Who's at fault here? Is it the church itself? Is it the pastors in the leadership? Is it the lay people? Is it the culture that we live in? Is it the busyness of the world? I think if we're honest, we'd have to say there's enough blame to go around. There's enough blame for us to shoulder some of it. You see, this lack of depth is a telltale sign that discipleship is lacking. And whether it be a lack of true biblical teaching, a lack of application, a lack of taking things serious, a lack of understanding of who God is or what our responsibilities are, an unwillingness to maybe just show up and be taught, here is a true statement. We have too many excuses. Too many excuses, none of which are legitimate. None of which are legitimate. Discipleship 
or being a Christian is about what we value. When I say that I am a Christian, what I am saying is I value Christ above all else. So more than it's about service, more than it's about a list of assignments, the do's and the do nots, at its root, at its core, discipleship is about value. Discipleship is about where your joy is found. It's about leaving one thing for something infinitely better. Matthew 13, 44 says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. The series of parables found in Matthew 13 display the kingdom of heaven that was once hidden, now discovered by someone, but even in the parable, it still stays hidden to most people. Once it's found, everything is sacrificed to obtain it. Philippians 3.8, Paul says, But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Everything is a loss. Not almost everything, but everything compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. You might be as shocked as I was when, when I tell you this. I learned this week that the word discipleship is found nowhere in Scripture. Nowhere. But that doesn't get us off the hook because the concept is definitely there. The word disciple is there. So we, we use the word discipleship uh, in English two different ways. First, we use it speaking of my discipleship, right? Excuse me. <coughs> what I do in an effort to grow spiritually what I do in order to find greater joy in Christ, a deeper faith, or a deeper knowledge. Or we use it in the way of helping others to mature in their faith, uh, spiritually grow, find greater joy in Christ, and greater knowledge. And I think a good phrase to describe the way that the Bible talks about disciple or discipleship is this. Be one make one. <clears throat> Here we go. We're going to get this coffin fit going on. Excuse me. I got a cold. Oh, but I will finish my sermon. So what does the Bible say a disciple is? Acts 11.26 says this. <clears throat> and in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. So if you're a Christian, you're a disciple. If you're a disciple, you're a Christian. And here's the reality. People need to become Christians. They need to be introduced to Christ and learn and act and grow in knowledge. And in that, find greater joy in Him. Find a greater joy in Him. That is the life of a disciple. It's not just one or the other. 
It's both teaching and being taught. It's, it's both growing yourself and helping others grow. One must be fully invested in both aspects because biblically, it's not divided. It's not divided into disciple and discipleship. There's not a Christian level, a disciple level, and a disciple maker level. It's simply and clearly disciple, which means Christian or Christ follower, and in that, be one, make one. I, I possibly have the most entertaining kids in the world. Uh, so it seems like, and I'm a visual learner. How many are visual learners? Most of you. So, so this is how the Lord teaches me a lot through my kids. How many of you learn a lot through watching your kids? Uh, it's been a while ago. My two youngest ones disappeared for a little while, which usually doesn't mean anything good. Uh, so they come upstairs, and they said, we have a show for you guys. How many of your kids do shows for you? Just, just a couple of us. How many of you did shows for your parents when you were kids? Yeah. So we walk downstairs, and the basement's all laid out, padded bench for us to sit on, and a concession stand set up, which I'm all about. <coughs> and that was Judah's job, this concession stand. In front of the toy room was a stage with a karaoke machine and a colorful disco spinning light. And upon that stage stepped our middle daughter, Maria, uh, obviously to the cheers of the crowd. She stepped out and uh, she grabbed the microphone of the karaoke machine she grabbed her iPad, she put her headphones in, she hit play on the iPad, and started singing a worship song. It's, it's, right, it's, it's, it's beautiful, right? Except for we couldn't hear the music, because she put her headphones in. And so I'm thinking, she doesn't realize this. She can hear the music, but we can't. And uh, so I'm like the Simon Cowell of, you know what I'm saying? of like my kids' shows. Because I think a lot of these people, their parents should have been honest with them, right? <laughs> right? If your parents would have told you, you wouldn't have been embarrassing yourself in front of these thousands, millions of people on TV. Anyway, I flagged her down. I said, hey, hold on. Yeah, let's, we can't hear the music. I know. And, and she proceeds to, to finish the song, which, which isn't a problem, because we're parents. We love to hear a kid sing, especially a worship song, right? No problem, until she got to the instrumental. <laughs> now we're all just looking at each other, right? I, I don't know to clap. I don't know to snap or sway, but we're looking at her, and she's loving the song, loving the music but we can't hear any of it. We couldn't hear any of the music. We couldn't enjoy the instrumental. We couldn't sing along with her because we couldn't hear any of the music. And that memory made me wonder how many times in our attempts of discipleship do we just sing in front of someone the song without letting them hear the music? 
You know what I'm saying? We sing all the right words at the right time. Occasionally we might sing it with perfect pitch. And they hear the joy in our voice. They see the passion in our eyes for the words that we're singing. But for them to follow along, it's kind of laborsome, right? It's kind of frustrating. If they wanted to sing, they wouldn't know where to come in. They wouldn't know if we were going to repeat the course. Are we building into a crescendo? Is there a diminishing part of the song? And people just have a tendency when they can't hear the music to lag behind us until they burn out, right? They just burn out from trying to find that same joy that we have. So to fix this, the church has come up with a plan. So we make a schedule, right? We make a schedule and then this checklist and we begin to check off the duties of a Christian because we're gonna be doers of the words, the word and not just hearers only. We can go and do each of these things and in just a short time we find ourselves burning out, right? We're ineffective, we're burning out. Why? Because we might be learning the words to the song, but we've yet to hear the music. We've not yet heard the melodies and the harmonies of the instruments ebbing and flowing behind the words. You see, it's the music that gives the energy. It's the music that gives the passion, and Christ is the music. So doesn't that make a lot of what we do for discipleship look legalistic? Doesn't it make a lot of what we do in discipleship look like work, 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 work? You've seen a lot of things that we might be able to um, act our way to a feeling, but not in discipleship because true discipleship comes out of what it is that we treasure. So are we duplicating works without prioritizing the treasure, right? Are we running off song sheets without ever putting background music to it? Is this the blueprint that we've laid out before people seeking Christ? Have we become more legalistic than biblical? Guilty of giving out the lyric sheet, encouraging people to sing line by line and forgetting to help them hear the music. Are we teaching to copy a melody in the inflections and imitate emotions, telling people, just read your Bible, just go to church, just serve, just tithe and sacrifice and pray and evangelize without helping them hear the music that drives those actions. Maybe it's time that we put ourselves in a place to hear the music. Maybe it's time for some of us to put our place, ourselves in a place that makes us uncomfortable. Maybe we need to take our headphones off and allow others in on what it is we enjoy so much. Let them hear the supreme worth of knowing Christ. We can't focus our hearts on the acts or the works and not on the one Christ that moves those things.
You see, those acts are good, and we need those things in our life. In fact, those things are commanded by us all throughout Scripture. But they are to be an overflow of our joy in Christ. And that's when those works are effective. You see, Jesus said to his disciples, leave your nets and follow me. They didn't ask him, well, what, what's, what's in it for me? If I'm going to leave all this, what's in it for me? They knew what was in it for them. He was the treasure. He said it all when he said, follow me. Forsake all others. Forsake everything else for Christ. He is the prize. He is the treasure. And you see, we, we see many people today in modern evangelicalism following Jesus, following step one, step two, step three, step four, waiting for the payoff. The prosperity mentality. Folks, the payoff is Jesus. The payoff is Jesus. He is the supreme treasure, the music that carries us along. So what is discipleship? It's one level. It's following Jesus. Forsaking all others, everything else to follow Jesus. It's to live before God. It's to dwell in his presence, to be satisfied in all that he is with like-minded people. That's discipleship. So out of that, our focus should be on captivating would-be disciples with the music of God's great love for us in Christ. That's discipleship. Psalm 16:11 then becomes our reality. In their reality, he makes known to me the path of life, in whose presence there is fullness of joy, and at his right hands are pleasures forevermore. Man, is that your life? Is that what would be said about you? In your obituary, this fullness of joy, that at Christ's right hand are pleasures forevermore, that you've found this path of life. What power the church has when she sings in unison the music of God's love. It sounds wonderful, right? But doesn't it just sometimes seem so unattainable? Well, it is unattainable unless you've sold everything and bought the field. Unless you've sold everything and bought the field. It's unattainable unless Christ is your ultimate treasure, unless you've been crucified with Christ and no longer live for yourself but live for him. And to be honest with you, Scripture makes it extremely applicable for the disciple to exercise his duties. But you have to take your headphones off, and you have to hear the kingdom music together, right? 
And so we get asked this question a lot. You've asked this question a lot to yourself, to your pastors, to the people around you. What can I do? There's so much to be done, but we can't see what it is we can do. We could see what everybody else could do, right? Well, I think our pastors ought to. Yeah. We think the elders should, or the church should. Well, what does the Bible say that you should, disciple? Well, yeah, but I'm not a preacher. That, no, it's, remember, again, it's, we don't do this level thing. It's disciple. That's it. If you're a disciple, you're being taught and you are teaching. That's a disciple. So, being uh, a good friend to all of you, I found some scriptures that I think will help you. And you all will be challenged by at least one of these, all right? So here we go. What can I do? We're going to answer that question. As a disciple of Jesus Christ, what is it I can do, should be doing? Titus 2, 3 through 4. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good. And so train the young women to love their husbands and children. That's lacking in the world we live in. Older women teaching younger women to love their husbands and their children. You qualified to do that? Well, are you a disciple? Then yes. Let's move on. 2 Timothy 2.2 what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Mm. See, man, you thought he was going to get out of it. But see, we got to teach too. Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Matthew 28, 20. This is, goes along with making disciples, obviously, if you know the previous verse. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. A lot of teaching going on, isn't there? And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. It's just a boost of confidence there. Hebrews 3, 13. But exhort one another every day. That means, right there, we should be in contact with other believers daily. Encouraging, building up, praying for. It says, as long as it is called today. Well, guess what tomorrow will be tomorrow? Today. You guys are smart. You guys are smart. That none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of of sin. That's accountability. Stay in contact with each other. Build each other up. Encourage one another so that no one is deceived by sin. Are you a disciple? You're qualified. 1 Peter 4.10, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As good stewards of God's varied grace. Acts 18, 26. 
He began to speak boldly in the synagogue when Priscilla and Aquila heard him. They took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Now there's a job. How many Christians need to know the word of God more accurately? All of us. All of us. So that's just a few of many verses in the Bible that take away all of the excuses we have for not being a disciple or allowing ourselves to be discipled, right? Being a discipler, being discipled ourselves. So every Christian, every disciple must be preaching the gospel, Every one of us has got to be preaching the gospel, helping unbelievers to become believers. And every Christian should be helping other believers grow. Every Christian. Training up others. And every Christian should be pursuing others' help in maturing. Well, nobody wants to teach me. Well, maybe because that's how you start everything. Nobody wants. Ask somebody. Ask somebody. Look, will you disciple me? I'm not even sure if I know what it means, but I just know I need to be growing. And you know what that means for the person that was asked? They're going to have to grow too. Because you can't disciple without growing yourself. That's the most challenging position you could be in because people are going to ask questions that you don't know the answer to. So you're going to have to learn. You're going to have to study, right? So Bible studies, Sunday school, daily conversations with other believers, so many avenues, so many avenues for us to disciple and be discipled, but we have to stop coming up with excuses. If you are a disciple of Christ, you have been equipped. You have been equipped. The power of the Holy Spirit has equipped you. Now show up. Show up and share the music. Take your headphones out and join the church. Join the body of Christ. And I just, I want to cover this because I'm so sick and tired of hearing it. Well, I don't need the church to be a Christian. Yes, you do. Period. You don't have to go to church to be saved, but you have to go to a church to be a Christian. You have to. Look, and people, oh, here we go. I'm going to start coughing again. I'm going to start coughing again. People will do this. Well, I have a verse in the Bible that I can use to show you that I don't have to be a part of the church. Okay. So go ahead and turn in your Bible to a letter that was written by an apostle to a church for your excuse to why you're not going to come be a part of it. Seriously? You need the church. The disciples needed the church. Jesus, when he left, commissioned them to start the church because he knew we would need it to build one another up, to encourage one another, to pray for one another. I don't know how some people do it. No, I do. They're not doing it. 
They're not doing it. They're lying to themselves, telling themselves they're doing it, but they're not. They're not. You're not. You're just making up excuses. And look, you're missing out, and we're missing out. I can learn from you. Believe it or not, you might be able to learn from me. As we build one another up. Look, if you're uncomfortable in the church, why do you want to go to heaven? There, there, there's not going to... Listen, live stream people. There ain't going to be no live stream in heaven. You're going to have to be there with us. You're just going to have to be there with us. I'm sorry. Be one, make one. All right, we... We've, we've created all kinds of opportunities around this church to be disciple. Sunday school, 9.30. Church at 10.30. Family night at 7 o'clock. We offer a marriage class. We do a Bible study in here. We've got stuff for a, any, any age kid you have. We've got vineyard on Thursday. We've got every man a warrior meeting all over this church. There's no excuse to not be growing. You just have to decide what it is you value most. Is Christ your supreme? Is he at the top of the list? See, to be a disciple, and you can look all through Scripture, you must be among other disciples. Even, even when Christ sent the disciples out, he sent them out in pairs so they could encourage one another, build one another up. So our job, our calling that we've been equipped for is making and maturing both ourselves and those around us. That's what we do, right? So, I'll see you at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night. What's your excuse? I mean, how can you, how can you sit here and, and, and listen to all the, the Scripture said and then still have too good of an excuse? I'm tired. I, I worked all day. Yeah, and so Wednesday nights is only for us people who don't work all day. There's a lot of people who come here that work all day, and they stay till 10 o'clock and lock the door because of what it is they value. Again, I'm not, I'm, I'm trying to be hard on you. Yeah, I am. I'm not going to lie about it. You, just need, you need to be here. Be here for us. Be here for yourself. It's fun to grow together. It's, it's what God created us to do, is to grow together. You have something you can offer someone else. Let's pray. Lord, I'm thankful uh, God, that your word is, is just practical with us. I'm thankful that your word uh, penetrates to the heart. God, it takes away our excuses and our reasons. Uh, God, I pray for a growth and discipleship uh, this year in your church. Lord, that we would make ourselves uncomfortable. That we would have face-to-face -face conversations. God, not just live in the corner of Christianity with our headphones in, but that we might join in the song of the redeemed, that we need to be a part 
of your church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. God, your church is a beautiful thing. group of misfits saved by grace, called to something that is higher and wider than any one of us. God, how cool it is to watch your spirit work through vessels to grow and to grow and to grow. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Pastor Jimmy Fry from Free Christian Church of God in Continental Ohio. We hope you have enjoyed today's message, and we would like to invite you to visit us next Sunday morning. Our Sunday morning services begin with Sunday school at 9.30, followed by the worship service at 10.30. Free Christian Church of God is located on the corner of State Route 15 and State Route 634, just north of Continental. For more information regarding this or other ministries, call the church office at area code 419-596-3103 or visit our website at www.freecog.org. This has been a Free Christian Church of God audio outreach ministries production.